Sparse autoencoders find highly interpretable directions in language models. By Logan Riggs, Hoagie, Aidan Ewart and others. Published on September 21, 2023. Cross-posted from the AI Alignment Forum. May contain more technical jargon than usual. This is a link post for sparse autoencoders find highly interpretable directions in language models. We use a scalable and unsupervised method called sparse autoencoders to find interpretable, monosemantic features in real LLMs, Pythia, 70M and 410M, for both residual stream and MLPs. We showcase monosemantic features, feature replacement for indirect object identification, IOI, and use OpenAI's automatic interpretation protocol to demonstrate a significant improvement in interpretability. Heading Paper Overview Subheading Sparse autoencoders and superposition. To reverse engineer a neural network, we'd like to first break it down into smaller units, features, that can be analyzed in isolation. Using individual neurons as these units can be useful, but neurons are often polysemantic, activating for several unrelated types of features, so just looking at neurons is insufficient. Also, for some types of network activations, like the residual stream of a transformer, there is little reason to expect features to align with the neuron basis so we don't even have a good place to start. There's an image here, with the caption. Overview of the methodology. Toy models of superposition investigates why polysemanticity might arise and hypothesize that it may result from models, learning more distinct features than there are dimensions in the layer, taking advantage of the fact that features are sparse, each one only being active a small proportion of the time. This suggests that we may be able to recover the network's features by finding a set of directions in activation space such that each activation vector can be reconstructed from a sparse linear combinations of these directions. We attempt to reconstruct these hypothesized network features by training linear autoencoders on model activation vectors. We use a sparsity penalty on the embedding and tied weights between the encoder and decoder, training the models on 10M to 50M activation vectors each. For more detail on the methods used, see the paper. Subheading. Automatic interpretation. We use the same automatic interpretation technique that OpenAI used to interpret the neurons in GPT-2 to analyze our features, as well as alternative methods of decomposition. This was demonstrated in a previous post, but we now extend these results across the all six layers in Pythia 70M, showing a clear improvement over all baselines in all but the final layers. Case studies later in the paper suggest that the features are still meaningful in these later layers, but that automatic interpretation struggles to perform well. There's an image here, with the caption. Automatic interpretability score of learned features and baselines in the residual stream for different layers of Pythia 70M. Subheading. IOI feature identification. We are able to use less-than-rank-1 ablations to precisely edit activations to restore uncorrupted behavior on the IOI task. With normal activation patching, patches occur at a module-wide level, while here we perform interventions of the form. Here's a formula, where X bar is the embedding of the corrupted data point, F is the set of patched features, and C subscript I, and C sub I and C bar sub I are the activations of feature F sub I on the clean and corrupted data point respectively. We show that our features are able to better able to precisely reconstruct the data than other activation decomposition methods, like PCA, and moreover that the fine-grainedness of our edits increases with dictionary sparsity. Unfortunately, as our autoencoders are not able to perfectly reconstruct the data, 
they have a positive minimum KL divergence from the base model, while PCA does not. There's an image here, with the caption. The trade-off curve between number of interventions and amount of reconstruction of clean performance. Subheading. Dictionary features are highly monosemantic and causal. Heading. There are several images here in the text. Left, histogram of activations for a specific dictionary feature. The majority of activations are for apostrophe, in blue, where the y-axis the is number of data points that activate in that bin. Right, histogram of the drop-in logits, i.e. how much the LLM predicts a specific token, when ablating this dictionary feature direction. This is in contrast to the residual stream basis. There's an image here in the text, which appears highly polysemantic, i.e. many semantic meanings. More examples can be found in Appendix E. We found many context neurons, for example, medical or biology a stack exchange a German, context, with some shown in a previous post, so this is an existence proof against concerns that this method only finds token level features. Subheading. Automatic circuit discovery. The previous section was on a dictionary's feature relationship to the input tokens and its effect on the logits. We can also see the relationship between features themselves. There's an image here, with the caption. Each feature is labeled as layer underscore feature index. Darker arrow means that previous feature is more important. Importance is measured by finding activating examples from for example 5 underscore 2079, ablating each feature from layer 4, while rerunning those activating examples, and showing the top 3 features that cause the biggest difference. This is then recursively applied to found features. Layer 5 is the last layer in Pythia, 70M, and this feature directly unends into various forms of the closing parenthesis. We can view the previous layers as calculating what are all the reasons one might predict a closing parenthesis. Subheading. Conclusion. Quote. Sparse autoencoders are a scalable, unsupervised approach to disentangling language model network features from superposition. We have demonstrated that the dictionary features they learn are more interpretable by auto-interpretability, are better for performing precise model steering, and are more monosemantic than comparable methods. The ability to find these dictionary features gives us a new, fully unsupervised tool to investigate model behavior, allows us to make targeted edits, and can be trained using a manageable amount of computing power. An ambitious dream in the field of interpretability is enumerative safety the ability to understand the full set of computations that a model applies. If this were achieved, it could allow us to create models for which we have strong guarantees that the model is not able to perform certain dangerous actions, such as deception or advanced bioengineering. While this is still remote, dictionary learning hopefully marks a small step towards making it possible. In summary, sparse autoencoders bring a new tool to the interpretability and editing of language models, which we hope others can build upon. The potential for innovations and applications is vast, and we're excited to see what happens next. End quote. Heading. Bonus section. Did we find all the features? No. In general, we get a reconstruction loss, and if that's zero, then we've perfectly reconstructed for example layer 4 with our sparse autoencoder. But what does a reconstruction loss of 0.01 mean compared to 0.0001? We can ground this out to the difference in perplexity, a measure of prediction loss, on some dataset. This will better measure the functional equivalence, i.e. they have the same loss on the same data. As non-released, preliminary results, 
with GPT-2, small, on layer 4, on a subset of open web text. There's an image here, with the caption. Each dictionary has a sparsity of roughly 60 features a data point, which is roughly 10% of the residual stream dimension of 768 for GPT-2 small. A difference in perplexity of 2.6 for training directly on KL divergence is quite small, especially for 4 months of effort between three main researchers. The two possibilities are 1. People better at maths ML a sparse dictionary learning than us can get it to roughly zero perplexity difference. 2. A subset of features aren't linearly represented. If, 2, is the case, then we'll now have a dataset of data points that aren't linearly represented which we can study. This would show that superposition only explains a subset of features, and provide concrete counterexamples to the linear part of the hypothesis. We would like to give two big caveats though. 1. We don't have a perfect monosemanticity metric, so even if we have zero reconstruction loss, we can't claim each feature is monosemantic, although a lower sparsity is partial evidence for that. 2. What if every 1000 features decreases the remaining reconstruction loss by half? So we're really infinity features away from perfect reconstruction? Heading. Come work with us. We are currently discussing research in the hash unsupervised interp channel, under interpretability, in the Eleutherai Discord server. If you're a researcher and have directions you'd like to apply sparse Aorti encoders to, feel free to message Logan on Discord, Logan Riggs, or LW and we can chat. For specific questions on sections, we're all on Discord as well. 1. Hoagie, Autoninterp and MLP results. 2. Aiden, IOI feature identification. 3. Logan, Monosemantic features and auto circuits. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on September 21, 2023. The original text contained two footnotes which were omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.